Welcome to the 46th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will talk about Major League Baseball and check in and see how our NBA playoff predictions are doing so far and maybe take a little mulligan on one of them. Let's jump right in with a look at Major League Baseball, starting with the National League West. Uh, yes, last week, well, I'm going to do the same thing I did before. I'm going to start with last week's records and then talk about records this week uh, to see how the standings have shifted and to really just show how crazy this division is right now. Last week, San Francisco was on top at 28-16. and 16. San Diego was in second at 27-17. and 17. L.A. was in third at 26-18. and 18. Arizona was in fourth at 18 and 27, and Colorado was in last at 15 and 29. This week, San Diego is 32 and 19 at the top of the division. LA is a half game back at 31 and 19. San Francisco is 30 and 20, so they had a two and four week, and we'll talk about how that happened later. Uh, Colorado has surpassed Arizona and is now sitting in fourth at 19 and 32, and Arizona is in last uh, at 18 and 33. So overall this week, I said San Francisco was 2-4 and four on the week. San Diego uh, was 5-2. and two. L.A. was 5-1. and one. And Colorado actually almost had, had a pretty good week for how bad they are. They went 4-3. and three. Meanwhile, Arizona went 0-6. Oh they have lost 11 games in a row to plummet themselves to last in the division. In uh, more important, very, very important news for the top of the division... Cody Bellinger is on track to return as soon as tomorrow, actually, from his injury. And Zach McKinstry is also on track to return soon, too. They both got assigned to a rehab assignment in the minors at the same time. So you'd figure that they'd come out about at the same time, although Dodgers probably more of an urgency to get Bellinger back than McKinstry through the play of guys like P.J. Peters, Sheldon Noisy. McKinstry was kind of on the, on the border of the roster to begin the season, but obviously you want your MVP back as soon as possible. Uh... The other thing about the Dodgers is that they swept the Giants last weekend in a three-game series and also won game one of a four-game series to start this week. So it's not looking good for the Giants. Um, in, in the way that I thought what, what would happen to the Red Sox when they start playing the Rays and the Yankees and they lose their control over the, the division, the Giants have done exactly that with the Dodgers. Uh, I, I don't know how they're beating the Padres well enough but or kind of staying even with them in all their series. I think they've... I think they're 2-2 two and two in series against them this season. But against the Dodgers, they just can't seem to find it so far. Um, and listen to this one. Th this is the real crazy one. The Padres are up 13 games on the Rockies and 14 games on the Diamondbacks. We are 50 games into the season for the Dodgers and 51 in for the Padres. Uh, 51 in for Colorado and 51 in for Arizona. That margin is absolutely insane to be up 14 games in a division, 50 games into a year. Uh, there are some divisions who the fourth-place team at the end of the year, I actually look back to 2019, there were two or three fourth-place teams at the end of the year in 2019, the last time we had a 162-game season, that were within 16 games of first place at the end of the season, and their division winners won over 100 games. So if you need any... Any signs of what's going on in the NL West, it's a three-horse race, and the third horse is starting to limp a little bit. Uh, and also, 
to market. San Diego has the best record in the league by half game over the Dodgers and Rays, who are tied in second. San Diego has the best run differential, plus 79. L.A. is second at plus 77. And San Francisco is behind the White Sox, L.A., and San Diego, tied for fourth at plus 55. Yeah, I mean, this division features two of the best teams in baseball, and I wouldn't say that Arizona and Colorado are, are two, of the, two, two of the worst teams in baseball. The problem is they just have to play in this division, so their record reflects that. They're probably in the bottom third. I think the Tigers are in a class by themselves. I think maybe the Pirates. But in any event, their, their record is, gets exacerbated to the, to the bad by virtue of the fact that they're in the same division with the Dodgers um, and the Padres. I don't think it's a coincidence that Arizona was hot and then they ran to the Dodgers and the Dodgers, actually, the, that was the medicine the Dodgers needed, was playing Arizona. Well, Arizona is very, very injured, but the difference is there are a lot of teams who are very injured. It's just that the bad rosters are have no depth. Yeah, the they injuries. have no depth. Yeah, well, and the Do- for the Dodgers right now, it's been a tale of three seasons. It's been a red-hot start, a terrible middle, and a red-hot last two weeks. Yeah, you'd, li- you'd like to see that just be consistent. For but part of that's due to the injuries. Well, yes, but you'd like to see that be consistent just just for the fans' hearts because it's actually really hard to watch going five and fifteen and then, or sorry, thirteen and two and then five and fifteen and then twelve and two. A bit, a bit, very hard. A bit schizophrenic, definitely. Yes. Um, all right. Well, anything else you want to talk about in the NL West before we move on to the NL Central? All right. Well, then let's talk about the NL Central. In the NL Central, we have the Cardinals and the Cubs and Reds did play a game earlier today, but as I do normally, I don't include a game, the one game that's played in the middle of the day when there's a whole slate of games coming up. Uh, so I'm all not including that Cubs game, although I will add that they're technically now tied for the division lead. Um, but the Cardinals heading into the day were 28 and 22 in the lead. The Cubs were second at 27 and 22, five wins in a row, eight and two in their last 10 games. The Brewers are 25 and 25 in third. The Reds are 22 and 26 in fourth, and the Pirates are 18 and 31 in last six losses in a row, one and nine in their last 10. Pittsburgh also has the worst run differential in the league. And before you say the Tigers are in a league of their own, at least the Tigers have a better run differential and a better record than Pittsburgh. Uh, In terms of the NL Central, I'm actually very surprised that the Cubs are sticking in this race. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if, even though they stick in the race, they try to trade Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, really any number of players, Javi Baez, at the trade deadline, Craig Kimbrell, at the trade deadline just because they know that when you have the Dodgers and the Padres, yes, you're good. Yes, you're probably going to win your division. Well, you'll be in the race at least, uh, and a big, big player in the race. You know that your roster isn't good enough to compete for a World Series. I think the starting pitching isn't good enough. It's nowhere near the level of the Dodgers or the Padres or even the Giants, who aren't even considered a real contender. Um, and that's just looking at the NL. I don't think they could compete with the Yankees lineup. I don't think they could compete with the Dodgers lineup. I don't think they could compete with really anybody who we consider the major contenders. So this team might be selling at the trade deadline even while having a divisional lead, which would be interesting, but I think that might happen mainly because those guys are on the last years of their deal, and frankly, they know we're not going to beat the Yankees, so maybe we just give the Yankees Javi Baez and fully concede it, let let them take him. That's just a random hypothetical. I don't think the Yankees need Javi Baez. They definitely don't need a second baseman or a shortstop, but... um, they could really be selling at the trade deadline, and, Car- and the Cardinals could cruise the division win after not having a lead for most of the middle of the season. Well, the Cubs, uh, the Cubs were were involved in a in a crazy play this week to help them win a game, um, which uh, I don't know if we want to get into, but it seems like the way they've been win- they've they been winning that play has helped to beat the Pirates. Yeah, I know it just shows you how probably how terrible the Pirates are, how boneheaded they are. Yes. 
Uh, but the Cubs just seem to have won. I agree with you. They, they've got a, they're five games over 500, and yet they seem to have won some close games and some by the virtue of some wacky plays. So uh, the other thing is the Brewers. I'm still surprised they're hanging around. They gave they split. What did they split a series with San Diego this week? Yes. Which uh, which was pretty pretty big accomplishment this season. Um, so maybe the. Willie Adamas trade seems to be paying off. He actually made he actually hit a go ahead home run and made the made a I guess run saving play to keep the game tied and then they won in extras. So. See if see if the Brewers can hang in there with the Cardinals and press them and then. Press them throughout the year, and like you said, uh, maybe make the Cubs think about being a, a net seller at the trade deadline. But very early in the season, unless you're the um, Diamondbacks or the Rockies, like we talked about. So let's move over to the NL East. Yes, in the NL East, the Mets are in first place at 24 and 20. Uh, the Phillies are in second at 25 and 26. The Braves are in third at 24 and 25. The Marlins are in fourth at 24 and 26, and the Nationals are in last at 17 and 23. I mean, you can use any words you want to describe it. They are injured, banged up, uh, failing, messing around. I mean, any real, any any words you want to use. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, especially when we're talking about the Mets. Um, you can use any word. Noah Syndergaard was supposed to come back, and then now he's not back for six weeks or something like that because he suffered a setback in his rehab for his injury. Uh, Jacob DeGrom came back on a shortened start, so he's back, but the lineup is nothing like it's supposed to be. Conforto, McNeil, uh, a lot of guys are out for them. It's just, it's really a lot of, it's a lot of important pieces. And yet, still they're in the lead. They're four games above 500. Still the Braves are under 500, although the Mets being injured has nothing to do with the Braves record, but... uh, The Phillies are still under 500, the Marlins are under 500, and the Nationals just aren't very good, so... It doesn't matter what's going on with the Mets' injury situation. They, the other teams in the division just can't seem to make up the ground no matter what's going on. Maybe they're the real cursed ones. Um, but uh, I think the one thing that I'd like to look into in this division is run differential. Um, really shows that some of these teams are a little more unlucky, I guess you could use... Uh, inconsistent there are a lot of different words that you could use to 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 describe disparities in run differential and actual performance um the Mets are minus nine in 16th in the league that's about where I'd expect their record to be uh based on how injured they are but it's not their record obviously is doing just fine um whereas Atlanta even though they're a game under 500 uh, at 24 and 25 is plus nine, which is 12th in the league. And Miami at two games under 500 is plus 50 is plus 15, which is 11th in the league. Um, it's just, it's very odd. I'm struggling to talk about it because it, there really aren't words to describe the, the disparity here. I mean, I don't really have an explanation. I wish I did. Uh, I could, I mean, there's a very simple mathematic, uh, description. You could say when they lose, they lose by a lot. And when they win, they win by a little for the Mets, but that's breaking it down too too uh, too vaguely. I, there must be some explanation and maybe a Mets fan who's been watching all their games this year could point it out. But I, as a Dodgers fan have not, so I don't understand what's going on, but it's very odd. So Maybe you see the Braves turn up and end up winning that division in the end anyway. Maybe as the record evens out, the run differential gets really, really dominant, and they maybe even get to 100 wins like we expected them to preseason. 
Yeah, and just one quick correction. Um, I think you had Washington's last week's record in there. They are the Nationals are twenty-one and twenty-five. Um, so even though they're in last place, the uh, one and one and a, one one season and fifty games removed from a World Championship, they aren't quite as bad as we had them, but very disappointing in last place. But but four games out of the race, I think this race doesn't get settled till the till the very end of the season, especially with unless Atlanta. Uh, does what everybody thinks they're going to do. Yeah, I agree with that. But, I mean, I, I don't even think if Atlanta does what we think they're going to do that it'll be done way before the end of the season because I think the I think the Mets are playing well enough that they could keep it a race. Yeah, I'm saying with the Mets injury situation. Yeah, but I, I, I'm saying if, they, if you said at the end of the season it might not be a race if the Braves get down to what they're supposed to be doing, but I think the Mets are playing well enough to keep it a race the whole season. Gotcha. All right, well, a lot of teams still in the race there. Even the last place team, the Nationals, Four games out, and as we know from their world championship season, uh, when they had a just an awful start and got hot at the end of the year, um, anything's possible. Long season, they're not out of it, but I know it's not the same team as that. All right, I see the face you're making. Nobody can see it on the podcast, but on that sour note, uh, in your opinion, let's move to the American League and start with the American League West. Now, this division is some odd stuff going on with run differential, too. Um but I'll get to that after I describe what the actual standings look like. The A's are in first at 30 and 22. The Astros are in second at 27 and 22. The Mariners are in third at 24 and 27. The Angels, uh, although they they missed the bus, they didn't miss last. They did miss last place too. Uh, are 22 and 28, and the Rangers are last at 22 and 30. Now, before I go into anything about this division, I'm just going to read off the run differential because it literally makes no sense how this division has shook out. Oakland is minus six. They're 15th in the league in run differential. They're in the lead. Houston is tied for fourth in the league with the San Francisco Giants uh, at plus 55. Uh, The Mariners are 25th at minus 47. And the Angels are 26th at minus 48. Texas is minus 29, which is good for 22nd. Okay, now go, go into the standings with that. And you would assume the standings would shake out. Houston, Oakland... Texas, Seattle, Angels. Well, instead, you have A's, Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers. So, very, very odd how this one... I mean, this isn't like a one-team disparity thing like the NL East where the Mets are a little bit under 500 or a little bit over 500 and a little bit under an even run differential and the Braves and the Marlins are both a little bit above with a little bit below 500 run differentials. Houston is plus 55 and still three games behind a team who's minus six in run differential. It's crazy. It makes no Um, sense. I don't know how it's exactly happened. And frankly, I don't know how Texas has stayed with that run differential, especially after getting swept by the Yankees and no hit, too. It's interesting that the team who's been no hit twice, although I guess Seattle has been, too. um, It's interesting that that team has been able to stay with a good run differential, considering being no hit twice. You'd figure that'd be an easy way to lose a bunch of runs in a run differential. But um, in terms of the overall standings, I think it will stay like this for the rest of the season with Houston and Oakland at the top. Uh, I couldn't tell you what order, <laughs> to be quite honest. If I could have had a tied for blank position in my power rankings at the beginning of the season, I would have with these two teams. And really, I, I don't. I honestly have no idea who's going to win this division. Uh, kind of the same thing as the NL Central, where it's a toss-up. Although in the NL Central, I think the Cardinals are my favorite. They're not a clear favorite, but they're my favorite in this division. I'll say I'll put my money on the A's, but let's just say I'm only putting down five cents. Okay. Well, we're going to get a little a little sense of 
how good the Astros can be. They uh, had a two-game series against the Dodgers that they split, and now they face the San Diego Padres. So, and after that, they play the Red Sox. So there you go. Wow, tough, tough three-series stretch for the Astros. Will tell us a lot about, uh, like we said, the strength of that team. Anything else in the AL West before we move to the AL Central? Patrick shaking his head. So let's talk about that AL Central. Yep, you have the White Sox at the top at twenty-nine and twenty. The Indians in second at twenty-seven and twenty-one. The Royals in third at twenty-three and twenty-five. The Twins finally moving out of last place at twenty and twenty-nine. They're seven and three in their last ten with four wins in a row. Don't sleep now. Who'd they play? Uh, the Tigers? No, actually. <laughs> the Tigers are in last at nineteen and thirty-one. Although you said they are in a league of their own. They're actually not. They're still better than the Pirates. Um Run differential in this division is pretty interesting. Chicago's run differential did not move a single run from last week to this week. That's got to be the first time that's happened this season. That just feels so rare that you somehow have a completely even week. And I don't know if their record was even. It was 5-5, five five, their it, last it, 10. <laughs> well, in their last 10, but they haven't played well, 10 games in the, the last week. week. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happened with them, but sure, keep your even run differential. Hey, if you keep a plus 73 run differential over the season, you're in pretty good shape. Um but overall, that's third in the league for them. That's pretty good. Only behind the Padres and the Dodgers, who are setting a pretty high standard. Uh, and their record isn't isn't as good as the Dodgers or the Padres either. So they like where they're standing. Um, the run differential pretty much correlates with their standing in the league, other than the fact that they're ahead of Tampa Bay. Uh, and then Detroit is minus 64 with the second worst run differential in the league. Although, hey, they are the third worst team in the league. They're not the second worst. There's another bad team that we're going to talk about in a little bit in the AL East. But, yeah, overall, I think I'm still going to expect the White Sox to win this division. I don't care how many games the Indians are ahead by, behind by. doesn't matter. Um, I, I think before the season I had the White Sox. Uh, I, I, I will correct myself. For a few podcasts, I declared that I had the White Sox in the World Series. That's not true at all. I had the Yankees beating the White Sox to get to the World Series. But I do think very highly of the White Sox. And ask me in the middle of the season, ask me in a week or two, maybe I do have the White Sox over the Yankees. Um, but... I don't think the Indians have what it takes to match up to the White Sox long-term. Uh, and I also don't think that the Twins, just based off of their bad start, can get ahead of the White Sox. They might end up playing better than the White Sox down the stretch and at the end of the season and might end up playing better and moving moving on farther in the playoffs. But I don't think they can get ahead of them just because of their bad start. Okay, let's uh, take a look at the final division, the American League East. The Rays are in first at 32-20. and 20. They won 11 games in a row. They almost set a franchise record, which was 12. Uh, they've also still won 13 out of their 14, out of their last 14. The Red Sox have really done nothing wrong, and still they're now in second place behind by a game. They're 30-20. and 20. Uh, The Yankees are in third at 29-21, and 21, playing pretty well recently, and finally rounding into form. And when you take into account their bad start, uh, that's pretty good. They could be best record in the league if they hadn't started so awful. Um, the Blue Jays are 25 and 24, although they're a run differential anomaly. Uh, and the Orioles are 17 and 33 after losing 10 in a row. So there you have it, the mystery team that's worse than the Pirates and the Tigers. Um, they also have, but they do have the third worst run differential in the league. They're only at minus 60, so they're not as bad. But they, well, their record says they're worse. Their run differential says they're a slight bit better. So take that how you want. Uh, in terms of the Rays, that was a really great stretch that they had there. Uh, got ended against the Royals, oddly enough. But I don't think that's really an indicator of the Royals doing anything. I think that's just an indicator of, hey, some win streaks have to come to an end at some point. I don't doesn't matter who it comes to an end against, but it's going to end at some point. 
Um, but overall, they've been playing really well this season so far. Um, and this 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 win streak actually started with me picking the Mets to beat them in a series, and then they swept the Mets in that series. Uh, so maybe if I pick another team this weekend, they might the the team that I pick to lose might sweep them and start a win streak. I really hope it's not the Astros because I despise the Astros, but it could be them, frankly. Um, but in the rest of this division, it's still really hard to tell who's going to win. Um, well, I, you know who's I, not going to win. Uh, yes, okay, that's fine, fine. You do know that the Orioles are not going to win the division. Fair enough, fair enough, fine. Okay, there's a four-team race in yes. this division. Uh, and maybe you could say the Blue Jays aren't division-winning quality. They're definitely competing quality, but I don't think they're division-winning quality. So I would rule them out right now. I would say the three, the three at the top are the most likely. And frankly, the Yankees and the Rays, just like last year, are probably the most likely. Although the Red Sox are so much improved from last year. Uh, but I'll say the Yankees end, end, the, end the year in first. I'll say the Rays and the Red Sox end within two or three games of each other, maybe even with, within two or three games of the Yankees uh, in second and third. So overall, I don't think the Rays are going to repeat and go back to the World Series. I don't expect that. I think the Yankees will get their revenge in the postseason, but that's way later down the line. And I did mention earlier Toronto is a complete run differential anomaly. They're plus 31 at eighth in the league, but again, only 25 and 24. The team right ahead of them, which by the way, there's a pretty big drop off, but the team right ahead of them is Boston, who's 30 and 20 uh, at plus 49 in run differential, which is good for seventh in the league. And Tampa Bay, as I said earlier, is tied for fourth with Houston and San Francisco at plus 55. And after winning streak, I guess you could say that might be an indicator that that might go down. The Yankees have uh, somewhere in the plus 20, so I didn't feel like really mentioning them and looking into that i think they're exactly where their record indicates they're not too interesting for them all right well that looks uh, wraps up our look at major league baseball for this week now let's move over to a look at the nba where specifically we're going to revisit our predictions for the nba playoffs from last week and pick one series that we would revise our predictions for uh yeah we will start in the east with philadelphia against washington philadelphia is up 2-0 uh, I had Philadelphia in five games. You you vaguely stated agreed to my prediction, so I don't really know how many games that means. That's what I meant. I meant if I agreed, I Well, agreed. you said agreed before I actually said an amount of games, so I actually don't know okay, what sweet. you had. Okay, well, that's called hindsight herald. Uh, but anyway. So I'll say five. All right, fine. So now you're agreeing with me? Yes. Okay, I, fair I enough. I agreed last week. Uh, now, I'll ask you the all-important question. Will you revise your predictions for this one? Which one? The, the Wizards against the Sixers? Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, me neither. I think, I think, I think the audience might know which one I'm going to revise my predictions for. Um, do we even need to talk about Brooklyn against Boston? No, I that series is already week. over. I said it was a sweep beforehand. I actually the reason why I started doing how many games I thought each team would win would win the series in is because the first word out of my mouth when I heard Brooklyn Boston was sweep. So, uh, yeah, I had Brooklyn in a sweep. You said agreed again vaguely before I said the game. Because I would I say Brooklyn in three if they could I, win it in three. Exactly. But... I think we both agree on that one. I'm not even going to ask you if you're going to revise that one because that one looks the most likely out of them all. Okay, Milwaukee versus Miami. Now, this one's intriguing. I had Milwaukee in seven games. You had Milwaukee in six. It looks like it's going to end a lot quicker than that considering that Milwaukee's up 3 nothing, um, and pretty much has been destroying the Heat for the last two games since the overtime game. 
Do you want to revise your prediction for this one, or do you want to save it for one that you think the team is wrong rather than the amount of games? Yeah, I think I'll save it for the team The team being wrong. I think that we all we, we were both tempted to say, oh, Miami can win this game, uh, win this series, but uh, I think that we also mentioned that when Milwaukee squeaked by in that opening game on Middleton's bucket, yeah. that that probably got the monkey off their back. It certainly yep. looked like it has, and so... Um, this would have. I know this was a fashionable upset pick, uh, based upon what's happened in the past between these teams, especially but, last year. Yeah, but and no. I, and I did mention that. But again, I said, it, no. look, it's just everything we talk about heat culture. If you want to talk about something that's an abstract concept, how about the vibe of Milwaukee this entire year? It's felt like they know how to win, and they're not just beating up on bad teams and then losing to the Lakers and the Nets on prime time constantly. Well, I guess last year they weren't losing to the yeah, Nets I'm on not, prime and, time, but. They're not losing every single game in prime time. They beat the Nets twice in the same weekend this season. It just feels different for Milwaukee this year. But I st- that's the reason that pushed me over to picking them. Although, I-, I still didn't want to say that the Heat would lose this series in anything less than six games. And I went with seven just to cover my bases. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll keep my six. That way, at least I look better than you um, in this one if you keep your seven. So, okay. Yeah, look a little, I'll be a little more accurate than you, at least in one series. Now, in the first series, we disagree in on the full results of the actual winner. Uh, I had New York in seven. You had Atlanta in seven. Uh, so far, it's tied 1-1. The game is in progress right now, game three. Uh, so do you want to revise it? No, I think both of us thought this series was a coin flip, and we you chose heads and I chose tails, so I'll stick with tails. Yeah, and I even chose heads while saying that tails would win one game off of making the last shot, and that game has already gotten away, that, that game already happened. So um, I'm actually feeling probably more confident about this pick now than I did at the beginning of the series because I figured that a Trey Young last-second shot, I did declare that I thought Atlanta was going to win one game on a last-second shot, and then a few other close games, but New York is going to win more games overall. Uh, having that game where Atlanta wins off of the the end of the game shot a buzzer beater and not having it break the Knicks back, I think, is a good sign for the Knicks in the rest of the series. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that one, obviously. Okay, let's move to the West. Um, at the time, there was no... We did not know who the, uh, the Grizzlies... or Sorry, the Jazz would be playing... I said that Utah would win in five games over the Grizzlies and would win in six over the Warriors. And if I was being really spicy, I said Utah would sweep the Grizzlies and win against the Warriors in five. Although that was really more of a uh, a hot take rather than an actual prediction. My actual prediction was that first one that I said. Uh, and they did end up playing the Grizzlies, so I had Utah in five. You had Utah in, and again, you kind of vaguely agreed with me before I really put any games out, so... We'll call it five. Uh, I don't think we're revising this prediction because the Grizzlies have taken game one, and then Donovan Mitchell came back, and all of a sudden Utah dropped 140 points. Yeah, I'm not changing my pick. Now here's a game that we might actually change. A series, you know. Well, I shouldn't say we. I should say you, because I'm feeling very good about mine. Uh, In the series between the number two seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns, versus the number seven seed Los Angeles Lakers, I had, of course, the only pick that has ever been right in the history of the playoffs uh, since LeBron has been on the Lakers. Lakers in five. It's the only one that ever works out. And you had Phoenix in six, and I don't and I don't know why. Now, would you like to change this one as we're sitting here 2-1 Lakers? It's tough because I can only change one series, and as we're going to get to later, there's another series that we both had. looks like we both had terribly wrong, and you're probably going to change that one. And so, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know which one I should change. Uh, no. I'm kidding. Yes, I'll change the Lakers. Lakers thoroughly dominated Phoenix in the last two games. Phoenix has resorted to thuggery, man. I thought I was watching the Pistons out there last <laughs> night. My old bad boys teams revisited, including like actually what I what it looked like at the end of the game. I know the game was over then. It looked like actually me trying to stop you from dunking on me on an eight-foot rim when Devin Booker shoved Dennis Schroeder in the air. Was, that was dangerous. I mean, he, it was he really, that, if that Crowder wasn't there, suspension, yes. yeah, I mean, he, he got a flagrant two and got kicked out of the game, but if Crowder wasn't there for Schroeder to fly into, that's just darn cheap. That's like what I would do in eighth grade when I was really frustrated against uh, and, my big and, brother. Well, I mean, Devin Booker basically is an eighth grader who's very frustrated when you're comparing him to LeBron. So, uh, uh, But uh, you know what? I'll go into this because I, I want to talk about this. Uh, although this is a family-friendly show, I will make one exception. Draymond kicked LeBron in the balls and got suspended for a game. <laughs> so how is Devin Booker allowed to shove Dennis Schroeder out of the air without getting suspended? I don't know how. People who know me know I'm not a Lakers fan, even though I live in L.A. Um, but look, I'm not. I'm not biased in this. I just honestly think I don't. I don't know how that's not a suspension. I think that's a lot worse than a lot of other things that we've seen suspensions for. And I'm surprised they haven't given one. Maybe they will. Yeah. Because after all, it's only the middle of the day and the day after. So besides the thuggery, it's also obviously the injury to Chris Paul. Yes. And, I was going to bring that, that up. That too. really swings this series. So, yeah, I'll change my pick. Although, hey, KCP I'll is say Lakers in six, okay? I won't say five. You, all right. Lakers all right. in six. Well, I will, I will also say this. Chris Paul uh, complained about the fact that the last 11 playoff games that have been officiated by Scott Foster with him in them, he's lost all of them. I have a few words for Chris. Chris, the reason why you're losing the games with Scott Foster is not because Scott Foster is biased against you. It's because all the other refs are biased to help you and because you bully the other refs and he's the only ref. He's graded out as the best ref in the NBA and that's for a reason because he doesn't care who he's calling the fouls on. He just calls fouls that are fouls. Uh, that's the reason why you keep losing because you keep looking for little cheap fouls and it just doesn't work with Scott. you got to adapt to it. Uh, but... Moving on from that, I will say I got a one-liner that'll end this whole thing. It's always been Devin Booker, Malik Hooker, Pressure Cooker, Lakers in five. <laughs> okay, I hadn't heard that one before. And now we can move on to Denver against Portland. All right, now this one, this is a contender for me switching my pick. Um, but I think there's a little bit of a stronger contender, and I left it, I actually went completely out of order and left it last for a reason. Um, I had Portland in seven. You had Denver in seven. Uh, due to the Austin Rivers apocalypse, uh, Portland is down two to one, but I'm not, I'm not feeling too bad about it. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm not going to change my pick. And I assume that with your team winning two to one, you wouldn't change yours. No, this is the, seven. this is the series I need to win to, to maybe match you in predictions, given some of our, our differences. And well, uh, you could match me in the Atlanta series too. I understand, but uh, th th I'm not as confident in that one. So fair no, enough, I'm not changing enough. this one. I already, I can't. I already changed. That's true. That's true. Uh, now this is the one that we both wanted to change. Um, I wanted to let, let's put this on the record first before I actually go into the series. I did say last week that I wanted to pick Dallas for the narrative, but it just felt too. Whenever you pick for narrative, it's always wrong. Um, it, it's just always, always, always wrong. If you want to pick. A team trying to get a revenge re revenge on another team for beating them the year before. It, it just doesn't work out. So I, I thought in my head and I wanted to say, let's pick Dallas because Dallas, the narrative, and maybe they are better. But I was like, no, when you pick by narrative, you're going to get it wrong. So pick the Clippers. So I ended up picking the Clippers in seven. 
You picked the Clippers in seven. You can't revise it because your Lakers pick was even worse because at least you have the series going to seven games, whereas you have Phoenix taking that series in six when it looks like the Lakers are going to blow yeah, it out. Yeah, but at least Phoenix won one game. The Lakers might Well, yes, but they only won the first game, but and I, it's looking worse because Chris Paul has been injured ever since then. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. The likelihood of the Clippers turning this around and winning in seven games is higher. Is much than higher than, than Phoenix, Phoenix winning yeah, in which six. which is why I went change Phoenix to yes. change that yes. pick to the Lakers. And I have saved my change because of this. Look, maybe Portland won't win. Uh, maybe Utah won't win in five. Maybe New York won't win. May, definitely Milwaukee will win before seven games. But this, I mean, the Clippers aren't winning the series. So I have to change this one. I don't, I, I don't think this series is going to seven games. I don't think the Clippers are winning it. I don't see any world in which it goes to seven games. In my weekend predictions, I actually did have the Clippers, contrary to my series, or contrary to what I'm saying right now, I do have them winning this game. But I believe this is the last game they win in the series. I think what happens game is three? They, yes, I think they win this game. And all of a sudden, the Mavericks go, okay, okay, it's no more foot on the gas pedal. Now we're close, but let's put this back in, in our, let's get back in the driver's seat by winning game four. Uh, and I think they will do that. And then I think since they're at home, up 3-1, they're going to close it out in game five. So I will change that pick from Clippers in seven to Dallas in five. Uh, and also, just mentioning my weekend predictions again. Yes, I did pick the Hawks to win Game 3. The reason why is because I think they're going to win the first game at home. But then I believe the Knicks are going to win the next two. And then I think they'll win one out of two at home to close out the series in seven. Okay. Uh, And that's the end of the NBA little Will You Revise Your Prediction game show here. Yeah, and and it's also the end of this podcast. But on our next podcast, which will be on Monday, May 31st, we're going to have our weekly look back at the latest NBA action. So and go into these games a little in more depth. detail. Yes. A little more detail game in these playoff game. series. Game by game. What happened? How we got here? Who got suspended? Who didn't? Who should have? And maybe uh, even a series that could end by the time we record that podcast. Could, there could be some series that will be over uh, by the time we record that podcast. We will wait until late Monday uh, to record the podcast so we can have as much in-depth action, uh, in-depth look back at the action as possible. Uh, we'll also talk about the accuracy of Patrick's weekend's pr- weekend predictions on that podcast. In the meantime, be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his Major League Baseball power rankings on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-E-T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.